How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com and also brought to you by SeatGeek. Our wonderful friends at SeatGeek are sponsoring this episode of Locked On Bucks. Our promo code for them is L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-B-U-C-K-S, L-O-Bucks. That's the promo code to get you $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek, so be sure to use that today. We're going to get into the Bucks preseason finale it was here in milwaukee at the bmo harris bradley center and it was a victory over the indiana pacers 111 to 103 and there was generally some good things that occurred uh some bad things that we've also seen at times yeah it was a goodish way to end the preseason frank i'm not really sure uh how to how to sum it up they, they didn't have any quarters where they were outscored by 30 points. So I, I guess that's a, that on some level is a win. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a weird game. I mean, the Bucks kind of key guys played, I think about like five or six more minutes than the Pacers key guys. So, uh, you know, that t- take the, maybe the end, end result with a little bit of a grain of salt, you know, Jabari and Giannis, I think played more than Paul George and the other key Pacers. Um, but, you know, despite didn't necessarily have like a, a, a big start like in the last game from Giannis and Jabari, uh, but they kind of, you know, kept working at it, kept grinding, uh, and actually got, I think got better as the game went on and, and were able to get out and, and make plays. Um, and both guys, I think uh, Giannis was at, I think, 26 and 5, and Jabari was at 19 and 10. Had some enthusiastic rip down rebounds that made me. <laughs> somewhat happy i'm glad to see him get the double double um i thought miles turner was impressive at times he was just like rejecting everything yep i, I was surprised he only had two blocks it seemed like he had like four or five blocks on greg monroe um but uh yeah you know i think the pacers got out and uh i've i've been impressed in the two pacer game we pacer games we saw you know i think the big question with you know nate mcmillan coming in being a, a slow tempo guy in portland was he just magically going to be able to play fast with the Pacers because you know Larry Bird decreed it to be so and um, certainly I think from the games we've seen they've been able to actually do that a fair bit and they um, outscored the Bucks 26 to 14 in transition tonight and um, I don't know I mean I think uh, I mentioned the preview coming into this game the Bucks for all the talk about playing faster and shooting more threes etc etc they entered this game and again preseason disclaimer 30th in pace 29th in three-pointers 29th in offense not great uh tonight they put up 111 uh on a team that obviously is you know supposed to be certainly in that playoff conversation um i don't know did you do you feel like they you you saw this as as them kind of putting it together a little bit or uh does it still feel like uh you know preseason mode is is uh is is definitely not over yet um man i guess it's kind of 
okay. I, I don't know. It, I tweeted something during the first half, like the Bucks say they want to push the tempo, but they don't really want to push the tempo. And I, I think it comes back to kind of what I mentioned when we first had this pace discussion. I don't even know. What is that? Two or three weeks ago at this point. Um, but if you want to push the pace and you want to make it a priority, you do it off of makes. And that's, and that's the thing I don't think we see with the Bucks right now. They're great when there's a miss, when there's a steal, at pushing it. They really get it up the floor. It doesn't matter who grabs that rebound. It doesn't matter who gets the steal. They're going to push it up the floor. The only bad thing about that is every other team in the league pretty much does that. That's just how the league works. If you, if you get a rebound, you're going to push. If you, if you get a steal, you're definitely going to push. And... The way that you differentiate yourself is to push it up after makes. And while I thought the Pacers do a pretty nice job of that, I think the Bucks don't really do a nice job with that. And it's not, I, I guess, and I think a lot of people want to say like, oh, well, Monroe came in and then they got slower. No, I don't think that's the case. I think they're just slow in general. And I think some of it is that they're just asking Giannis to do so much that a guy like John Wall can push the tempo and handle being a point guard because he's been a point guard his whole life. But with Giannis, it's he's got to go a little bit slower, and he's also the rim protector, and he's also the number one scorer on the team. So he has to do so much that tempo just doesn't really seem like a priority to him, and I don't necessarily blame him for it. Like He's got to take a break at some point, and bringing the ball up the floor seems like as good of a time as any to go a little bit slower. Um, so I don't, again, it seems like really all of it was lip service about pace and more threes. Um, and when you look at the guys that really play for the Bucks, well, it helps when Mirza takes eight threes. That's going to help your number. Uh, but beyond that, J.J. O'Brien had two of them. Or like, One. Orlando Johnson had two of the attempts. Uh, oh, t- attempts, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he has two of them. Uh, Johnson has two of them. And then Brogdon with two and Terry with two. Uh, okay, that's fine. But you take out some of the attempts from some of the guys that aren't really going to be on the roster. Well, you look at a pretty normal uh, three-point attempt number for the night. So it, I don't, again... And it's fine that it's lip service because, again, that's what the preseason's all about. No coach is really going to say anything other than, we want to play more fun basketball, pick and rolls, pace, and threes. That's that's awesome. But I don't know if we're going to actually see that this year. And I don't know if I'm necessarily upset that we're not going to see that this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think these are. I, mean, I think these might be updated numbers that I've got here. Uh, looks like the Bucks are up to 27th after this game in offensive rating. Um their defense coming into this game was 15th in the league. Uh, they're 15th right now. Um, so I don't know if there's any real, uh, uh, you know, I'd say that's probably if they can get to league average on some level, I'd say that's a, a win given where they were last year. But, um, you know, I think the offense uh, this night notwithstanding certainly hasn't looked like a uh, finely tuned machine. And uh, as you said, it, it, this doesn't look like a team that is going to, you know, really, hurt you from the outside and again that they you know we're not expecting them to be the warriors but um i will say this it does seem like there there was a, a shot tonight neither jabari or nor Giannis hit a three tonight but there was one play where um i want to say Monroe was in the post and jabari got himself uh set at the three-point arc and he 
shot the ball uh, from uh, an above the breakthrough. It was like, it was like straight away. And, uh, you know, it seemed like he really was like, okay, you know, post Greg's going to work, there might be a double team, there might be a kick out. I'm going to stand here right at the three point line instead of sort of hovering around, you know, not paying attention to that line. And, and so just little things like that. He didn't hit a three tonight, but just little things like that, I think, are, are the kind of things that these guys have to do. You know, Jabari and Giannis aren't going to shoot tons and tons of threes. You don't want them to shoot tons of threes. Um, but certainly they're going to need Toledovich to shoot a lot of threes. He had a quick trigger tonight, 3 of 8 from 3, 14 points. Um, I think it was, you know, again, I think fun to see that big lineup again with, with Snell and Vaughn uh, and Beasley hurt tonight. Not that Beasley is going to start at shooting guard, but um, it was, I think, interesting to see that big lineup again tonight of, of Deli, uh, Deli, Telly, Giannis Jabari, and Plumley. Uh, Plumley put up some numbers tonight. Maybe he's kind of rounding into form a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, okay, we're good. Preseason's over. Put a bow on it. Giannis and Barr, I think we, we can be happy with what their performance was this preseason. And It's funny you mentioned bows, Frank, because you should be putting a bow on your phone because I know you have the SeatGeek app, and the SeatGeek app is like a present that's on your phone. It's the smartest and easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person this season. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. And like I said, SeatGeek app on your phone, it's super easy, and it delivers you gifts, wonderful presents, great deals on tickets. That's what you get when you download the SeatGeek app on your phone, so you should really do that today. And with the SeatGeek app, you're always going to get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares with different sites and finds the best deals. They scour the internet to figure out what's the best deal for you, and they do that on every single ticket they sell. And they want to get you the most bang for your buck. So you open up the SeatGeek app, you figure out where you may want to go. Maybe you want to go to Lambeau for Bears-Packers Thursday night, big game. Well, every game is a big game now that Aaron Rodgers is human uh, for the Packers. And if you want to know more about that, go to Lockdown Packers. They'll let you know about that. But the, every Packers game is a big game. The Bucks have their season opener next week. Uh, so there's big games of plenty in the state of Wisconsin. And if you're listening to us from afar, there's great games everywhere. The NFL's all over the place. There's NBA games. It's right there for you on your SeatGeek app. All you need to do is download it onto your phone, and you'll have all of those great ticket deals Right on your phone, you'll get to see exactly where they are in the stadium, and you'll get to know exactly what you're going to see from that exact seat. Best of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So to get that done, to get that $20 rebate, you need to download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So go ahead, download the SeatGeek app, and enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That's L-O-Bucks today. Now, let's get back into it, Frank. Um, I, I don't know. Any, any, any other kind of guys that, that stood out to you tonight? I think John Henson maybe had some moments off the bench. Um, but you know, this probably is, I mean, but notwithstanding the, the non-roster guys, I guess probably the closest we'll get to see to, you know, in the preseason, at least to, to regular season style basketball, but obviously not having shooting guards sort of changed that a little bit. I think you're going to, I think you know which player I'm going to talk about. 
is he going to be one half of the Snell of Adova backcourt that we're about to be traded to this season? He most certainly will, and it's not Tony Snell. Uh, Matthew Dellavedova, man, he assists on the Bucks' first three baskets of the night. Um, one a lob to Plumlee, gets Giannis and Jabari both layups, uh, seven assists in the first half I think he had. I don't even know what he ended up finishing with. Um, seven. He ended up seven. Okay, so – just the first half, I mean, he created good looks regularly. And I guess we talked to Kid about it a little bit after the game, and I mentioned that, well, Delhi's not necessarily starting possessions, but he's attacking closeouts and kind of figuring out how to work off of Giannis. And both Kid and Delhi mentioned that, yeah, he is starting to get a little bit more chemistry and he is starting to understand a little bit better where – Maybe he's going to get a touch, how he's going to get a touch, how we can attack a closeout when Giannis is getting all this attention. And if you look at a lot of Delhi's assists, it's a lot of times Giannis is bending the defense, then he's getting defenders to collapse on him, kicking out to Delhi. And sometimes Delhi will shoot the three, but most of the time he's attacking that closeout. And uh, it's uh, to me, it's been really nice to see that he can actively attack closeouts and he can puncture a defense once he gets to that point he's making good decisions so uh that's certainly i think a more elevated role than he played in cleveland i think you saw some of it with the australian national team this summer but i do think it's a different role and a bigger role than he had in cleveland and for the most part he seems pretty much up to the task and again he's he's not going to start that action he's not going to be the one that you put in a pick and roll and say all right Dally, go out there and create but he's the one that, off of secondary action, he's the one he, he can really puncture a defense and do some damage. Yeah, I think we mentioned on the podcast last night that uh, with Giannis, you may see Giannis, you know, dribble for, you know, seven to ten seconds and get two or three pick and roll attempts. And maybe it doesn't work the first or second time, but he's the guy you want the ball. Uh, he's the guy whose whose hands you want the ball in, and uh, they're going to obviously make every effort to, you know, even if it takes multiple attempts to to try to get him in spots. You know, with Delhi. You don't have to do that, right? Delhi's not going to be dribbling the air out of the ball for long stretches. Um, I think we've seen that from him that, you know, he can take a pick and roll. Uh, he can get, you know, into a position where he can make a kick out or he can make a backdoor pass or he can, you know, hit the guy rolling for, for a lob. Um, but, you know, I think he can stay in his lane. He can be decisive and, you know, he can do that a little bit. But he's obviously not a guy that, you know, in crunch time you're going to say, all right, here, here, we need the basket. Just <laughs> Just you know, just put it in Delhi's hands and Clear let him out use for it. Delhi. You know, exactly. That's obviously not the way you're going to use him. Um, but he's also not a guy who's just going to you know park in the corner and just never do anything right, which I think is important because I think it does sort of help set the tempo of the team, tempo of the offense, um, creates sort of that you know bit, brings a bit more energy to uh, to what the Bucks are trying to do. You you were talking about how there's going to be times when Giannis gets multiple pick and rolls and maybe he has the ball for 12ish seconds and. One possession really sticked out, stuck out to me tonight. I think it was second quarter, and Giannis had Paul George on him, and he was trying to attack, and he couldn't really get anything, and he pulled it out once and attacked again and then pulled it out again, and then I think he got a pick-and-roll screen from someone, and somehow he got Paul George to switch off of him because I think on the pick-and-roll he, he did a bounce-out dribble to the left side, and then he was left corner, and I think it was him uh, maybe – I'm trying to think who might have been covering him from the Pacers. Um, maybe Allen. Maybe it was 
Thad Young. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but either way, he was able to get a mismatch. And, yes, it did take 10-ish seconds for him to get that mismatch. But I don't think the Giannis of old would have been willing to probe for that long and would have been smart enough to find a way to get that mismatch. And and I think on that drive uh, against Allen, he got to the free throw line again. And it, I think the, the one thing that I – always find encouraging about Giannis and I was talking to our good friend Alex Boder about it during the game tonight was that Giannis just gets to the free throw line that no matter what his shot is doing uh, no matter whether or not he's having a good or bad night he's finding other people he will get to the free throw line and there's just something about him and the way that he attacks that officials want to give him give him free throws because it's just uncanny that he's able to get to the lane and somehow stick his arms out and there's a lot of arm for people to hit maybe that's it that defenders just have so much limb that they could hit as he's taking a shot uh but he just gets the line in 11 free throws tonight and i I, that's one thing i've always loved about Giannis is that free throw rate has always been so so good and so high that even if he can't shoot he's finding ways to score efficiently yeah, and free throws. I mean, Giannis has always had a terrific free throw rate. Uh, you know, it's just like those limbs, and you know, it's just too much, too, too, too much body flying at you to to be able to not foul or something. Uh, Jabari, I think one of the challenges he's had uh, early in his career uh, has been not getting to the line maybe as much as you'd expect of a guy who mm-hmm. is obviously piling up tons of points in the paint and is around the basket, and in theory should probably be absorbing a fair amount of contact. Um, last three games, he was five of seven tonight, three of five uh, in Detroit, six of ten in Chicago. Before that, um, didn't make any free throws in the previous indie game. But um, certainly, he's a guy that that you know hopefully takes more of that lead from Giannis because again, Jabari can you know add you know the you know one or two three pointers a game. Let's say one three pointer a game uh, on thirty three to thirty five percent shooting. Uh, you know he shot above 50 percent in five of his last six or in four of his last five preseason games the only one he was below he was in detroit he was seven out of 15 so right below 500 so you know he's gonna shoot efficiently um if he can you know do that while adding the three-pointer into his game a little bit more and getting to the line um then you're gonna see a guy that's gonna be just really efficient as a scorer so and obviously that's important for him because that's going to be his main skill in the nba alex and i were talking about it and we we kind of were thinking we've talked in the past about Jabari kind of being averse to falling on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of that is his aversion to contact. Do you think he has the same thing offensively? Cause you think of some of the highlights he had, like that crazy baseline dunk he had tonight. He didn't go through the defender there. He kind of moved his body to the side a little bit and got around him in the air and you, as you think of all these kind of Jabari highlight dunks, th- there are some on guys, but it seems like for the most part he's so athletic that somehow he's able to maneuver in the air around them. Do you think there's some contact aversion on offense for Jabari as well? You know, he. it seems like we saw a lot, a lot in this preseason, more than maybe usual, uh, Jabari complaining about contact and not getting calls. Uh, I think in the Madison game, I'm just thinking especially it felt like he was complaining a lot to the officials about um, getting some contact and not getting calls. Um, I think, you know, 
some of it may be just sort of he has so many different sort of shots and he's able to mm. adjust and kind of contort <laughs> so yeah. well that his mindset is always like I'm going to try to get around you because I I feel like I can. Yeah. And I'd rather do that than, you know, try to give you a chance to make a play on the ball um, and then leave it to the official. Um, you know, he's definitely not a guy who has, you know, like I, like Giannis is, is a guy who I think draws fouls just because he's so physically difficult to cover mm-hmm. and he covers so much ground and he just gives uh, defenders so little opportunity to, to really do anything. Like you just, you know, it's like, it's like if you're a little kid and you're trying to defend your big brother, right? And it's just like, you know. What else am I going to do? Exactly. You'll picture him putting his hand on your forehead. While, you know, <laughs> putting, you know, I mean, it's just sort of like that. You know, almost just like all you can do is foul. Um, whereas with Jabari, obviously he is athletic, but he's not quite like he doesn't have that sort of physical frame that just overwhelms you. And he does have, though, incredible body control. And, and maybe that body control actually leads him to look for less contact because he doesn't feel like he needs to to draw fouls. But, um, you know, even Giannis doesn't really have, like, you know, sort of that, like, Harden, Durant, like, next level. You know, like, he's purely doing something because he knows he's going to foul yeah, you. Yeah, like, yeah. the way with rip-throughs and the way yeah. you can kind of throw your hands up and, and things like that. Um, he that's should do that, that, though. I would suggest that. Yeah, I'm that. sure Jab- I'm sure Jabari is is talented enough that he could probably do that, but he's also so, you know, athletic and and has so much body control that he also feels like everything every time he drives he feels like he can dunk on you or get around you or, or whatever. So, um, but I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch for. Can he can Jabari raise his free throw rate? Because I think that would obviously certainly help his efficiency uh, a fair bit. I mean, he was efficient after the All Star break last year, but certainly he can take that even further. Um, and that's something that's been important for Giannis and obviously both guys important that they make free throws. I think they've been kind of a mixed bag, both of them in the preseason, but, um, you know, fingers crossed that that uh, gets a bit more consistent come, come next week. So I think we've talked a lot about things that pleased us tonight. Is there anything else you want to mention about pleasing before we may go to, uh, the sad and or bad portion of this podcast? No, I mean, I think, uh, you know, again, I think the consistency we've seen from Giannis just is the the best theme I think we've seen from the preseason. Um, I think we have a lot of kind of you know things we can point at, especially in the offensive side and those runs they've allowed that you know may make us nervous. But certainly, I think the the theme of Jabari and Giannis and and also Delvadova finishing off on on a high note I think is, is definitely encouraging because I think you're seeing um, how that those that combination of guys can can work and make sense and obviously good to see Plumlee also get in the act tonight and John Henson also get in the act a bit tonight and um, you know who knows how much all these guys are going to play with, especially with the big man rotation but um, you know and I think Malcolm Brogdon also made some shots tonight seven rebounds 13 points um, three turnovers um, Delvadova also had a couple turnovers and and a couple of them were just kind of like bad passes that led to yeah. live ball. Um, opportunities going the other way, which maybe was a bit uncharacteristic, but you know, hopefully that stuff is, is going to get itself worked out. Um, all right, so the bad thing that I would lead off, I didn't love Jason Kidd bringing his starters back in when the Pacers had their scrubs in the game. Didn't love it. Uh, I think it was like 93-91 with about six minutes left in the fourth, and they subbed out, I don't even know who, I think it might have been like Teague, Al Jefferson and LaVoy Allen or something, and the Bucks brought back Giannis and Delhi to add to a lineup that already had Monroe, Henson, and Jabari on the floor. So three of five starters along with Henson and Monroe. And they went on like a 10-0 run right away and obviously put the game away. And 
I gotta say, I was curious the entire time why any of those guys were in the game. And, and I, I, they didn't play a ton of minutes. Like that, that got those guys up to Jabari up to 35, Giannis up to like 31. Maybe a little bit more than I would have liked to seen him play, but I, I just didn't get it. I mean, maybe you want to end the preseason on a positive note, and that means something to your young guys to get another win. But all I could think of was there better not be an injury against these guys. These are bad basketball players that they're playing. They don't know how to control their bodies. They don't know what to do with someone quite as good as Jabari and Giannis. And there's a couple times where both of them got into the lane and – all I could, I was just like, please don't, please don't get hurt. Please don't land on someone funny, like anything like that. I didn't love that. Yeah, I, I, I think you know, I think especially this close to the regular season, I, I think it's yeah, whatever. It's okay. I'm, I'm glad to see, you know, and again, especially with the way that they've lost some of these games late, um, I don't mind a couple extra minutes to, to try to get it. I think you know, certainly if you're trying to draw any big conclusions. You know, you're not going to be able to do that given uh, who they were closing it out against. But, uh, hey, nobody got hurt. Um, I mean, if if bringing those guys in uh, cut into Thon's time, I'd probably be, you know, a little bit sadder about it. He did get in late in the game. Um, that was me and my next bad. He'll be an interesting guy to see if he, you know, again, another guy uh, certainly did not get a ton of minutes in the preseason. Um We'll see if uh, if that's uh, certainly a harbinger of, of what's to come. I don't know if I've ever looked it up. Do you know Giannis rookie year preseason? Was he getting run? I I, I think so. Yeah, if just, I remember correctly, I, I I was almost thinking so too. I don't know. It's just strange to see Thon get so few minutes that I know he's pretty lost out there and he's trying to figure some things out. But it was just strange to see only six minutes for him tonight. Yeah, let me um. I'm actually kind of curious. I'll, I'll look this up in a moment, but um, but yeah, I remember because I remember Giannis had actually a pretty big game in his first um, his first preseason game was in Cleveland, if I recall correctly. I think he scored like 13 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. He had like that like yeah, he had the like Dirk fadeaway from the post at one point, which you know it's like <laughs> people romanticize the Dirk fadeaway as though it's like not a bad shot, but really, like, <laughs> if you're not Dirk, like just don't shoot it, yeah. especially if you're you know 18 year old Giannis, but. Um, but yeah, I, I thought Giannis got a, a fair a fair bit of run, um, but uh, you know certainly has certainly accomplished a lot more than than Thon, who um, you know he did get in and and uh, he had a uh, missed a shot, followed it up, dunked it. That was basically his only sort of meaningful contribution, other than he also tracked down an offensive rebound. But uh, he certainly doesn't look like a guy who will play a lot at this point, um, and probably deservedly so, to be honest. I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful that his mobility on defense will be an asset at some point, but um, I also don't have any illusions that uh, you know Thon's going to be an impact guy this season or anything like that. Um, Giannis played in the oh no, that was regular season. Sorry, I thought I had I thought I had Giannis's preseason stats. Give me give me literally two seconds. Uh, Giannis, what do you, what do you think Giannis's average minutes per game were in 14 uh, preseason? I, I can't remember it being a lot, so like 13 maybe? 22 minutes per game. Whoa! He only sh- yeah, he only shot 35% though. Average six points, four and a half rebounds, one assist, one steal, 1.7 blocks. So That's a lot of time though. Yeah, not bad. Huh. About the same amount as uh, Gary Neal. 
So. Oh, you you shouldn't have said that. Um, leading leading the way, leading the way in minutes at preseason. OJ Mayo and Karan Butler at 27 and 28 minutes. Magical. Anyway, um, other stuff you didn't like. Anything I'll, else you didn't like? As I say, other bads that were general. Obviously, the third quarter. They, I mean, that was starters. Uh, I asked about legs post game from all those guys. Like, did you feel like your legs are okay? And Delhi, <laughs> I still can't believe he said this. Uh, Delhi was like, "Yeah, we're we're aware of the problem, and we even did like a harder warm up during halftime to try to get ready for the third quarter, and that didn't work either." And I was like were you doing some sort of other calisthenics like well, i don't even know what that means um so the third quarter not great and then obviously the three bigs uh, i don't know how they're gonna work it out in the regular season like there's got to be one guy that plays 12 minutes a night maybe less i i just don't know how it works yeah i think um i'm curious if you know, we talked about maybe doing running Thon with with Monroe as a defensive complement, but I mean, we saw a little bit of Mon- we've seen a little bit of Henson with Monroe. We basically didn't see that at all really the last couple of years, yeah, um, or last year. Uh, who knows? Maybe Jason Kidd is willing to do that. I thought it was weird last year when he played Henson with Plumley a mm-hmm. fair bit late in the season, uh, when you would have thought like, well, if you want to put throw Henson out there, why not put him next to the you know the the the, the big guy who doesn't block shots and protect the rim but um so i don't know maybe that will be something they try to do until they figure out what they're going to do with greg monroe uh or who knows maybe in the next week something happens with greg monroe i don't know yeah i don't know it's going to be interesting um i think that's about all i got i do you have anything else no i think that's it i'm tired i I had I, i i watched the game with the sound off and then uh had the debate on tonight so I feel like I survived um, <laughs> something, some really unpleasant stuff, and I, I succeeded in not wanting to throw my laptop through the TV. So I think that was that was a win. So that sounds like it. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors, SeatGeek. Again, if you want to buy some great tickets, uh, we are a week away from the season opener, and I put it in the recap tonight. But I took a look at the seats available for opening night on SeatGeek, and there are some good ones. So if you want to take advantage of that, the promo code, as always, is L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks. You can check that out on SeatGeek. That's going to be it for Frank Madden. I'm Eric Name. We'll talk to you later.